On this episode of Come Pray With Me, I interview Shayla Faizi from the podcast, I'm a Muslim and That's Okay. Her show is dedicated to interviewing different Muslims from various walks of life. On the show, we'll be talking about what inspired her to start her podcast and what she's learned along the way. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show. It's wonderful to have you as a guest. Thank you for having me. I'm. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So what inspires you to start your podcast? Well, uh, for me, it's a little more unusual than for most other people because a lot of times people have a purpose that they love listening to podcasts and they're like, I wish to, you know, give my perspective onto the world. But for me, it was very random. I had a friend who wanted to start her own podcast and uh, she was like, I'm not sure if I should do it. I don't like my own voice. And, but the thing is, she is um, disabled herself, but she's also a physical uh, trainer for other disabled people. And I was like, Amanda, what you do is great. And I think you need to share your perspective perspective with the world. And you know what? I'm going to start a podcast with you completely out of the blue. I had no intention of doing this before this. And I just told her this. And there I was. I'd made a promise and I was stuck with it. And um for me, I was like, I've never done anything like this before. I don't even have any background knowledge on anything else other than being Muslim. And so here I am with a podcast about being Muslim. Absolutely. And the title of your podcast is called I'm a Muslim and That's Okay. So where did you get this title from? <laughs> Again, very random. You know, a lot of different things sort of come into your head when you're starting to prep for all of these things. Which, if I've made this promise, I'm starting it, what should I call it? Um, I think I just took a very um, straightforward and direct approach to this. Here I am, I am Muslim, and I'm not ashamed of being one. And that's how it sort of came about. I think that's amazing. And I also appreciate how your show isn't afraid to tackle difficult topics and social issues. So what's the importance of approaching problems like this from an Islamic perspective? Well, if I had to uh, put it in any way, it's it's just that there's a lot of different issues that people consider taboo, but majority of the times we do have religious rulings considering it. Like my... Um, the episode before this one that I just released was on um, sexual assault against children. And I had tackled that because specifically, yes, in, in in all spheres of cultures and society is generally considered taboo. But as Muslims, we consider it a sin and it has to be spoken about. And if it isn't spoken about, then not, nothing is done. I don't care how uncomfortable you feel about this it's a problem and the problem doesn't go away by sweeping it under the rug. As Muslims, we are required to um, tackle things that are wrong head on. So that's how I look at it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I just wanted to say thank you for uh, making that episode. I really appreciated all the resources that you provided as well as just 
the information in general. I feel like that's so important to talk about, especially since I've dealt with similar things in my own life. And Mm. it's just such an invaluable service. It's just, I think, I, I don't take credit for it for myself. My guest was amazing. She is an amazing advocate for this. And the resources she provides are absolutely incredible in in terms of not just information, but just support for those who are survivors and particularly mothers of survivors as well. Um, I think she's amazing. The fact that I I had an opportunity to learn from her, um, I'm grateful for that. Definitely. So your show features interviews from many different Muslims from many walks of life. But what have you learned about yourself as a Muslim from your time working on your podcast? I don't know per se if I can say that I learned about myself. I think um, even as Muslims, when you sort of um, exist with Muslims that are similar to you, you sort of forget that there are so many other Muslim perspectives as well. Um, So with my guests, when I interview them, I learned something new about Muslims as a whole, as well as how we exist in our totality. Um, I'm from Pakistan. And again, uh, my cultural religious experience is different from somebody who may be of Pakistani background, but grew up in the U.S. It's completely different. So what it does is it helps broaden my own horizon as well as a Muslim while I'm trying to broaden, broaden other people's horizons. Absolutely. So on to a, a more fun question. A lot of episodes of your show talk about food and <laughs> Pakistani food is incredible. I actually live not too far from a Pakistani restaurant, so I, I got the hookup for the good stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> But yeah, so a lot of uh, your episodes talk about different foods. So what are some of your favorite foods and what are roles that uh, food has played in various Islamic traditions? Well, here's the funny thing. Um, For me, uh, especially the episodes that I speak on food are generally in terms of uh, Ramadan. And for anybody who knows, that's our time for fasting. But what it has sort of become is that at the end of the fast, it's usually this huge buffet of stuff that happens every single day for a month. So um, that's what I featured, like, you know, some of the stuff that we like eating during that time. As for my own favorite food, um, I'm more biased towards, oh, if I had to say it, um, maybe Asian food or Italian food. So I, I do love me a good lasagna. I do uh, love good Asian food, whether it's Japanese food or Chinese food or Korean food. Um, and as far as food goes, if you had to really look at it honestly, we don't have like Muslim traditions regarding food. Yes, we do have certain foods that are considered um, even religiously that they are beneficial. Things like honey and pomegranates, um, olives, they come, they are traditionally known uh, religiously as being beneficial. But uh, 
for us, the food culture is more culture as opposed to religious. So every dif different parts of the world, different Muslims do have this culture of eating. Just I think I think I can blame. I mean, not blame, but in a say because we have Ramadan, we're like, okay, this is an entire month. We're not going to be eating a whole lot, but whatever we eat, let's make a show out of it. So that's how it sort of works. So wherever we are in the world, like during the month of Ramadan, because we are so heavily invested in bringing out the best foods we have for that month. So we do have a culture of eating no matter which part of the world the Muslims come from. That actually reminds me of, um, I think it was one time my high school had uh, one of those uh, festivals there that the Muslim Student Union put mm. on and for all the desserts had figs in them. And I was just like, oh, yeah. why, why do they all have figs and uh one of my classmates she told me that uh it was the prophet muhammad peace be upon him who said that if there's one fruit in paradise let it be a fig right right so yes figs definitely have like again along with honey olives grapes figs have a significance in a sense that they're they're known to uh, be religiously special or unique and you know if you looked at it scientifically a lot of these foods have a lot of healing properties to them so for us we've taken those traditions that because they were religiously important to us we make sure to incorporate that into our diets that's really cool it's so cool to know that and the fig is a, a fun little fruit there's yeah. a, a lot of significance to it in other religions as well like i believe it was uh, the Buddha who attained enlightenment under a fig tree, or there's uh, I, mentions of figs in the Torah yeah, and the Bible. It, in, a, in a lot of tradition, because uh, even if you looked at things like olives and dates and figs, these are three fruits, if I had to put it, that um, traditionally you could go across many different cultures. They had significance because they were so versatile like olives, you could eat it, plus you get oil from it, and it's really good for you. It tastes good. Um, dates, also highly nutritious, and they traveled well. You could dry them up, take them, and, you know, at that time, they didn't have fridges. So you had to, you know, take whatever food that wouldn't spoil when you were traveling. Figs is another thing. They were highly nutritious, and you could take them with you wherever you went. So across cultures, these are some of the fruits that were like they were reviled for how good a source of nutrition they were and how well they traveled. Well, that's awesome. Again, it's so fun uh, getting to talk to a fellow foodie. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how do you use prayer in your life? Well, for anybody who knows Muslims, that we do have the five daily prayers. Um, so that's a given. Five times a week we do pray. Um, I think if if I had to give one prayer in specific, um, I usually, especially when I'm podcasting, um, I have, you can say, I have a bit of a stutter. And we have a very specific prayer that a lot of people, especially in the Muslim community, they they say that prayer and it's from uh prophet moses peace be upon him and according to islamic traditions he was also known to have a stutter and he said this very specific uh prayer and i'll just read the translation for it um 
it says, O oh my Lord, open my chest and ease my task for me. Remove the impediment from my speech so that they may understand what I say. And I use that very often just before I start podcasting because a, I, I, I hate it. I would hate the fact that my stutter would impede what I'm trying to say or impede my communication. But it's also one of those prayers that is a source of comfort in a sense that it's asking God for ease for what I'm trying to do. Because if I had to give one motivator for why I do my podcast, it's generally not for myself. I am hoping that through my podcast, people get a better understanding of how Muslims are and how we exist. And I ask, that's why I ask for God's guidance for it, because I sure as heck don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. That was a beautiful prayer. And I think that's what I love about your podcast, because, you know, of course, it's important to listen to scholars and imams and other, uh, you know, learned figures. But it's also just as important to listen to the everyday people mm -hmm. who practice it and to get their perspective. And again, um, I think majority of the people who um, who most other people come face to face with are everyday Muslims. That's what I'm just trying to like explain to everybody that even if you encounter a Muslim on the street, they're just everyday people going about their business. You know, we got to pick up kids from carpool. We have to get their homework done. Um, we're trying to figure out what's for lunch and there's somebody ha having a tantrum in the corner. It's very basic everyday life things. We are everywhere in everyday life. Um, we don't exist as anything different than what most people do. Yeah, everybody has different um, different ways of living, but that's not specific to just Muslim people. Absolutely. Thank you again for being on the show today. Did you have anything else you'd like to talk about while you're here? <laughs> um, nothing in particular, but I'm so glad that you had me here. It was it was fun, you know, being able to share all of this with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a Muslim and that's okay can be streamed on Spotify, iTunes, and other major podcast streaming platforms. They also have their own YouTube channel. If you're interested in learning more about Islam, the Quran and the Hadith are the major sacred texts of the faith and can be found at your local library. You can also check out your local mosque for more information.